subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, you guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy Chuck and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. Chuck, you got any uh, you got any big plans this weekend outside of the basketball game for New Year's? Well, if I can make it to midnight, it'll be a miracle. <laughs> but uh, we'll see how it goes. Well, you know how at the end of a, a season, a college football season, players are beaten and battered. There's there's bruises and banged up. Tommy's got a head cold. I'm still a little bit under the weather from this week. It seems like you might be the only one that's fully healthy. I feel league. great. I feel great. Yeah. Well, good for you. So far, so good. I'm sorry Tommy has a head cold. I'm sorry you're uh, not 100%. I went through it around Thanksgiving. I went through okay. it then, and it lasted two or three weeks. So I feel you. Oh, boy. Uh, Tommy had his first uh, part of jury duty yesterday. Chuck, I know we talked about this a week ago, but I don't think I asked you. Have you ever been through jury duty of any sorts? I have not. No, I have, uh, I've never been through You've it. You've escaped it. At some point in time, one of the few we've gotten plenty of uh, of text on it. Tommy, you acted like you somewhat enjoyed it a little bit. Well, I was, I was curious. Well, about you got it. paid. Yeah, fifteen dollars. Hey, fifteen dollars. That's more than you thought you were yeah. going to get paid. So, but the uh, they explained the process. I'm a little curious about. It, I'll be honest. You know, learn something new, and uh, I, it's not nearly as terrible as we all make it out to be. Because you're not stuck for days and days and days. It, you, you, you can only be called like ten times in four months. Yeah. So it's not terrible, and they, they said usually it's about five to six. Okay. So not, not a terrible deal. Not horrible. Well, he seemed to enjoy jury duty a little bit. I have not enjoyed bowl season at all. Mentioned this a little bit yesterday. I want to touch on a little bit this morning. I've uh, done a lot of reading these last 24 hours just kind of on different opinions. There have been some, some positive things about bowl season, some negative things, but and maybe it's just because I'm more of an Ebenezer Scrooge at this point of year. Maybe it's because I'm getting older, as you referenced yesterday, and I just have a more negative view on things. But I have really, really stepped away from the college football bowl season this year. And Tommy made a good point earlier. Maybe it's to do with Arkansas season not going according to plan and me just being angry with how college football has gone this year. That's probably got something to do with it. I, I don't know that that's the overriding issue for people, but I think it's got something to do with it. Uh, you know, there have been some good games. Um, it didn't go so well for Oklahoma last night, but that was, uh, you know, that was an exciting game. I thought the Kansas State-North Carolina game, honestly, was the best bowl game I've seen so far because, you know, North Carolina State had a fifth-year senior quarterback, and it seemed like, anyway, both teams had more of their players maybe than some of the others do. I get your point. Um, the thing that bothers me about the bowl games is that, you know, used to when you and we talked about this, I talked about this yesterday with with Matt Jones that, you know, you'd fill out your 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 bowl picks, you know, and you base your picks on what happened during the season. Uh, now, before you can even take a look at a ball game, you've got to figure out who's going to play. 
Right. And that, you know, the, the, the transfer portal, and, and I've heard a lot of different opinions on this. I don't know when the best time to do it, but the portal's affected it. And I get what you're saying. I, I don't fully agree with it because I, I, I still like the Bulls, and I'll still watch them, at least parts of them. But you're not the only one saying that, and yeah. I get it. It's well, kind of it's kind of like the NCAA basketball tournament, or certainly baseball's postseason. Once your team's eliminated, or if it's not involved, you may watch, you may be interested, but you're less invested. You know, if Arkansas was in a bowl game, I think we'd all be a little more invested in postseason. But I was sitting here thinking earlier, and, and you you just nailed that thought that I also had that these teams are are not a true representation of what they were in the regular season. So. What are you really watching when you sit down to watch, you know, the Gasparilla Bowl? Yeah, or whatever? Florida State, for example, is suiting up their third street quarterback against one of the best defenses all in college football. And if they lose to Georgia, everyone's going to be saying, oh, they're validated, not putting them in and whatnot. This team that we're going to see against Georgia doesn't have Keon Coleman, their best wide receiver, doesn't have Johnny Wilson, one of their best wide receivers. I mean, they don't have any of their offensive components that made them so successful, including Jordan Travis this year. Now, one is because of injury. A couple others are because of getting ready for the NFL draft. You look at last night, the Oklahoma game that you referenced, Chuck. Dylan Gabriel's in probably Eugene, or he's about to make his way to Eugene, Oregon in just a bit to be the quarterback for the Ducks next year. He wasn't soon enough. They had that new kid um, whose name I'm forgetting last night that's supposed to be the quarterback of their future. So there is an excitement and appetite level for fans that, hey, we get to see what next year and the years to come look like. But that's not what you want to see to close out a season. You want to see these guys finish it out. And rare is it nowadays that even guys that enter the portal will still play that final game because there doesn't seem to be enough of a pro for them to do so. Well, I don't know what the answer is. And in some cases, you're right. Now, there are still more kids than not that go play in the bowl game. And I don't think we should lose sight of that. Uh, There are many, many kids who opt out. But there are many, many more who go and play the game. And um, I don't know. You're you're just going to have to find some way to bribe them. I don't know how else to say it. I I mean. In the NIL era, I'm, I mean, that's what you got to do. I mean, there's there's just got to be some kind of financial well, incentive. And I hate to say that, but I, I, I just don't know how else you do it. And even then, I don't know if the incentive that you could offer would add up in their minds to what they could gain by not playing. Mm-hmm. And that's the uh, – like some players obviously have an opportunity in the NFL to get ready for that, that they think, oh, if I don't play in this game – I won't get hurt or whatever. We've seen instances like Jamison Williams, Jalen Smith. There's a few others where guys have fallen in the draft because of an injury in that bowl game, and the insurance money that they were that they made wasn't enough to cover what they would would have made in a certain draft position. You mentioned the bribe. What what I think about is like here at the radio station, we obviously have clients that do regular season with us, and then we have postseason clients. Uh, Chuck, I don't have your contract in front of you. I would guess you get paid more money to do a postseason game in football and basketball. I know for me, I have my regular season stuff, and then I get paid more for postseason. So that's not like a that's not like an egregious thought for players to have. It's not just about what happens in the regular season. They should they think, and I think rightfully so, based on how our business works, they should be compensated for postseason too. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't know about the more or less part, but um, I know that you know there's, there's, there's got to be apparently 
um, there's got to be more incentive for them to play in the games. And and I don't know that it's I don't know that it's money. I don't I don't I don't know that that's it. I mean, you cite some of these players, and you're right. I mean, um, there are all America type players that are not going to play in their bowl games. And I don't know very honestly what kind of financial incentive you could offer them to play in that bowl game that is going to, in their minds, be equal to what they could gain in the pros by not being injured. Mm-hmm. So I hear what you're saying, but I, don't, I, I just don't know that there's an answer to this. And Marvin Harrison, I think, is the example that I could use for today. Missouri takes in Ohio State. It's either today or tomorrow. I think it's today. But Ryan Day hasn't revealed if he's playing or not. And when asked, he's dodged the question. There is nothing that the best wide receiver in college football could gain by playing Missouri today, in my opinion. He is only has something to lose. And I love watching that kid play. He's been awesome. But he has everything to lose and nothing to gain in that game. Well, I, I, I think when you talk about this, you've got to recognize and acknowledge that there are two or three different angles from which you can come. I mean, players not playing in bowl games because of the NFL draft, that's been going on for 25 years. There's nothing new there. Um, It's the portal that has really decimated the rosters for bowl games. Now, I know a lot of people have suggested, and I've not really heard pros and cons on this. I don't know if it's a good idea or not. A lot of people I've heard have suggested that – you don't open up the portal until after the bowl games. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. The bowl games, you know, if you go to the end of the bowl games, you're talking January 8th. I mean, in most college situations, I mean, you're either at the start of the second semester or you're no more than a week away from the start of the second semester. And if you're going to get them in there to play spring ball, um, you know, you've got an even shorter window. Uh, with 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 which to move if you're a team or a player so I don't know that that is the answer I've heard a lot of people suggest it it does seem as though it might solve the ills for the bowl games but I don't think people beyond the 12 team playoff that's coming and the bonuses maybe that come from going to a bowl game um I don't know I I just um I don't know what's going to happen with them. And that's what, I don't think the future's bright. I'll put it that way. Yeah, and that's what BE was texting, the exact point you raised, could you move in? Tommy, that's what you always bring up is we do for, forget at times there is a school aspect to this. You can't just pluck someone in March and say, oh, hey, by the way, you can come to school here. Like You have to get yep. set up for this either first semester or second semester, the interstitial, whenever you come in at this point, you can't just, again, come in it doesn't work like that that's not how college sports work particularly in football like chuck just referenced when it came to kind of getting settled before january unlike the rest of us just the basics you got to move i mean you got to pack all your stuff up and you know you may in some cases it's across the country well you know yeah that's not just well, ready you haul and go you know the 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 you know again what we're talking about might be a solution in terms of the bowl games I don't know that the bowl games are what everyone's trying to save uh, beyond the playoff. And that was the point I was trying to make a moment ago. Now, there are people out there that get bonus pretty well for, 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 for going to bowl games. Yeah. Um, but um, I, don't, I don't know that from a grand scheme perspective, um, saving the Independence Bowl 
is the objective here. I, I, I just, again, I'm not sure what the answer is. I don't know what the answer is, but this is what we have now. And bowl games beyond the playoff are in large part going to become exhibitions. Yeah, well, and that's what they are now. I mean, let's, let's just be honest. The, uh, what we're seeing are t- tourism events. These are events that are put on by uh, visitor and tourism and chamber of commerce people, ESPN as well, to have something to put on television to draw visitors to their cities. But watching the, the little bit I've watched, a lot of these stands aren't full. A lot of these places aren't full. I'm wondering if there's really a, a payoff because I don't think fans are traveling and spending their money on a lot of these games when the, the team's really not intact. Well, you'd think that, but yet business has got to be pretty good. There's got to be a profit turned or people still wouldn't be fighting to have them. I mean, they're, they're, people are people are fighting to get a bowl game all the time. That's why there's umpteen million of them is, is for whatever reason, there is value in it. I, you know, and I'll give you an example. This bowl game down there in Shreveport. We've been talking about how the Independence Bowl is going to die for 20, 25 years, <laughs> and it's still alive and kicking. It's still there. Nobody goes. Nobody cares. It's in a bad stadium. Not, you know, Shreveport's not a vacation spot for the holidays. Um, but yet it still thrives. Not thrives. It survives. It's still there. <laughs> but my point is, is evidently there are enough people with corporate interests who feel like the investment remains a good one. That whatever, and Tommy talked about tourism. Well, let's not be cynical about it. Cities and towns do that every day. If they're not recruiting a bowl game, they're trying to recruit a lawyer's convention or a police convention or, a, or, or any kind of convention that'll put heads in beds and make them some money. That's what everybody's trying to do. Um, and evidently, evidently, there are still enough people that are doing well enough at it that they keep doing it. If everybody was losing money on these minor bowl games, they'd stop. Yeah, and... We always have conversations with our friend Stuart Grimm over at Explore Branson, and he, Tommy, he talks about how they're just booked up all year, not with just sporting stuff. Travel ball, boat races, fishing tournaments. Well, that's what cities do. And when you have a stadium that allows you to host a bowl game and you are well-connected enough to pull it off and you have corporate sponsors – and you've got enough money to pay the salary of an executive director, uh, and you've got enough money to pay your bill. No, seriously, you've got to have an executive director to make a bowl work. Somebody's got to run it. You got to have the money to pay them. And if 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 you can turn enough of a profit to keep the lights on, there are folks out there that evidently feel as though it's a good investment from a marketing standpoint, and that's why that's why these bowls survive. Yeah. So. Hey, let me tell you something. Let me let me try to quick uh, just a quick example before we go on. I hadn't thought about pop tarts in I don't know five years until watching the pop tarts bowl yesterday, and and, and and I mean I thought about pop tarts all night long last night. I hadn't eaten a pop tart I can't remember when. So don't tell me there's not still value in the investment of bowl games. Evidently, there is. To go buy a, a thing. No, I no, I didn't go buy any, but I thought about it. <laughs> and that's the first step. At you got to get it embedded in somebody's mind before there's a call to action. I, for, I'm forgetting the, the K-State head coach, but they... they climbing. Yeah, climbing. Uh, the guy that came from North Dakota State, they... 
Did you see the giant pop? Obviously, they had the pop tart. Yeah, trophy they had the big pop tart there. It the looked game. good. They also, and then so you got the uh, there. There's the Idaho Bowl where they dump fries on you. The Duke's Mayo Bowl where they dump the mayonnaise on you. I've never had Duke's mayonnaise in my entire life, but I at least know what it is. Like you're saying, I've had plenty of pop tart. It's a regional product. Is it really? okay? Yeah. yeah, I haven't. Uh, we need like a Skyline Chili Bowl or something. But I will say brands like I'm not necessarily watching the games. But like you said, those brands have kind of stuck in my absolutely. Crawl. They're they're Gasparilla. Le- yeah, uh, I mean Tommy mentioned it a minute ago. I, there's there's there, there there's all kinds of advantages for these corporate entities to gain through bowl games. It's still good business, and and, and that's why I say um, I do think some of them are going to go away. I think the twelve team playoff is the seismic event that is going to tip the scale for some of them. Mm-hmm. But it's still good business. And as I've said before, um, I've never talked to a player. I've never talked to a player's family. I've never talked to very many people, period, um, that came home saying, man, I wish we hadn't gone to that bowl game. I had a lousy time. Um, most of the time, it's a, you know, it's a pretty good experience. Hey, if you're buying or selling a home, I can tell you how you can have a good experience. Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company. I partnered with them multiple times as a buyer and a seller. And what I can tell you is is that each time I did, I dealt with someone who understood the market, understood the business, was the best trained, really, in the real estate game. And look, New Year's bring changes. Uh, perhaps a new home, perhaps the sale of a home, the purchase of a new one. It's part of your 2024 plans. Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company, will guide you through the process. Your line of communication will be open throughout. You'll not have to wonder what's going on. I promise you they'll keep you informed every step of the way. And then when you sign the contract, they'll help you get to the close. And that's sometimes the most important part, a lot of times it is, as a matter of fact, and it's really what they do best. Now, they've got an office in Fayetteville. They're in Springdale, Bentonville, Fort Smith. They're in Branson now, and you can log on to WeikerGriffin.com. Well, be in Clarksville, text in on the McCarty Daniel Hotline, Chuck. He said he took it a step further. He had not only just a cherry Pop-Tart, but a brown sugar Pop-Tart as well last night, so he had mm. four Pop-Tarts. Uh, that, that, that sprinkly one they had there on the sidelines looked pretty looked good. Looked pretty good. Uh, brown sugar, you've got to toast it. You've got to warm it up. Yeah. Chad and Texarkana said, Duke's has the best mayo and Hellman's is second. I guess I guess I need to try. My dad loves mayonnaise. Puts it on everything. So I guess I need to... It wasn't get Duke's. Some... It was uh, the Belt Bowl when Arkansas played there. And then it changed. Yes, it that's changed. exactly right. Okay. That's exactly right. I, There's no mayonnaise bath back then. I feel like dude, that just sounds disgusting getting mayonnaise. Well, it is there. disgusting. Just getting that poured all over you. I, I, I forget which coach won that ball. But, but it makes us talk about Duke's mayonnaise. They're getting free marketing from uh, ESPN Arkansas across our airwaves. All right, let's talk to our residential Tennessee volunteer fan, Craig, who's in Deer this morning. He's got some thoughts on bowl games. What's up, Craig? Fellas, how y'all doing this morning? We are good, man. I'm happy to be me myself. Hey, just real quick on the talking to
it ain't the line up. You know, that's so, yeah, I, I like to see Journey, but it ain't nothing like seeing Journey to see Terry. Same thing to me. So, I, I'm not going to, you know, I go to Red Rock to see the original uh, DC Cop or, or Journey, but I'm not leaving the state to go see a half foot lineup. I'm just not going to do it. I, that's the way I look at these thinking bowl games. The only uh, games that have the real lineups, the real deal, are the, the four that are in the playoffs. Quite frankly, I got more interest in the 14th playoff than I do watching Tennessee play Iowa, even though I want to see the game. Hell, half our team ain't even playing. I mean, it's like a spring training game. Uh, I'll, I'll watch it. I'll be interested in it. But, you know, what the heck? It, it's not even the team we played the season with. So, anyhow, that's just my thoughts. Y'all have a great uh, rest of this year. And let's hope for a great 2020. You know, spring training game really is probably the best analogy. I mean, it really is. Yeah. I mean, you've got good players. I mean, you go watch a spring training baseball game, good players, big league players in many cases, pro players in all cases. But it's not the same thing. It's just not the same thing. I mean, you know, Nolan Arenado may be playing third, but, you know, if you got Johnny Lunchbucket playing second and short, it's just not the same thing. Yeah. And so that game's in, like, Orlando. You were talking about, you like going to Orlando, Tommy. That, where Tennessee's playing is in Orlando. It's a popular town, especially this time of year. You got tourists, you got a bunch of other things you could do. But I'm kind of like him. If Arkansas was in a bowl game this year and they had a bajillion opt outs, of course I'd watch it. We'd talk about it after. But I have found myself so heavily invested in the college football playoffs since it started and since its opt outs and the transfer portal became more that I don't think Craig's the only fan. He's a Tennessee fan. We've got Oklahoma fans that listen to this show that probably watched last night, but they probably care more in some cases about what's going to happen on Monday between Alabama and Michigan and Texas and Washington. And I don't think Craig's the only one that feels that way. A couple of points. Something you said yesterday, Ty, about they don't care. I, I've, I've, I forget who you were talking about, but, but, but it doesn't matter. You said they don't care. Tommy said a minute ago, not as many people in the stands as perhaps there once were. The thing that I fear is going to happen and the thing that I think will happen is once the 12-team playoff really kicks in, you know, once we're five years into this thing maybe, maybe not even that long, I do think fans are, and perhaps even sponsors, are going to begin to take the attitude, well, if they don't care, we don't care either. Even though the overwhelming, I won't say overwhelming majority, well, maybe I will, the overwhelming majority of players and coaches still do care. They still do care. Mm-hmm. But the 10 or 15 who don't are going to set the narrative, for better or worse. And I fear that happening. It is so much tougher. And you should be, as a competitor, it shouldn't matter. And we've heard that time and time again. But to your point... It is a lot more difficult as a player, whether you're just a highly competitive. When you play in front of a packed house, it's not hard to get jacked up, whether it's a hostile crowd on the road or it's one at home. But when there ain't anyone in the stands, whether it's football, baseball, basketball, it just doesn't have the same flair. It just doesn't have the same juice. And that Florida State-Georgia game should, but it's not going to. Again, I would be very surprised if that place was 75% full, which is a lot better than a lot of other bowl games, but that should be a game that everyone's jacked up, but 
The best players aren't playing, so it's hard for fans to get excited yeah. about that game. Ring in the new year in style at the Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in downtown Hot Springs, Arkansas. They have something for everyone. The Grand New Year's Eve Buffet is served in the Venetian Dining Room. The Festival Party with live music by the Parker Francis Band, cash bars, and a champagne toast. And the 99th New Year's Eve Gala features live music from Stardust Big Band, a five-course gourmet dinner with wine and more. Room packages are available. Go to arlingtonhotel.com forward slash NYE2020. 23 or call 501-623-7771. Hey, it's Phil Elson. From all these years watching baseball, I've grown accustomed to watching closers in their element. James Teague isn't closing innings anymore. He's closing cases. With almost 30 years in the business, Teague Law Firm is a general practice firm that can help you with most family law issues, divorce, custody, and child support. They can also help with criminal law, both felonies and misdemeanors. Call James and the Teague Law Firm at 479-531-2785. 531-2785 online at teague-law.com the teague law firm if they can't help you they'll talk baseball betonline.ag is your number one source for all your basketball info stats news and scores get the latest odds and lines including the latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs bet online is always your sports information headquarters this season as we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs basketball, MLB, NHL hockey, right down to UFC and boxing. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's B-L-E-A-V. B-L-E-A-V. EAV. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. All right, let's talk to Steve, who is in Fort Smith. Evidently, he was at the uh, New York Jets game with his uh, son last night, or maybe that was the game he went to this season. That was his favorite movie. What's up, Steve? Hey, guys. Uh, yeah, I took my. I planned this game. Uh, my son's been a Jets fan for I don't know why, but as long as since he's been old enough to say the word Jet, and uh, uh, so I bought tickets as soon as the season opened to surprise him around Christmas for the for the December tenth game because it was the closest game that they had around Christmas that, that was a home game, and this was back when Rodgers was still the quarterback, and I thought, man, this is the year. He's fifteen years old. It's going to be a good memory. And then, of course, Rodgers immediately gets hurt. These are eighth-row seats, so I've saved up for them, bought the plane tickets, bought us two nights in a hotel there in, in uh, Jersey. And then, uh, you know, and then leading up to the game, of course, C.J. Stroud and, and Houston, they're on the Cinderella row. And Zach Wilson had been benched the game before, and, was you know, people were saying he didn't want to play. And I'm thinking, oh, man, this is going to be a disaster game to go to. And, so I'm thinking, please, God, just give them a good game. Give us a good memory. And for whatever reason, it, it, it the game just flipped on its head. And you guys, you know, you can look back at it and see the Jets just came out swinging. They won 30-6 to in a game that they were supposed to lose by, I think, 14 points. or a wide spread for NFL games, you know, that's supposed to have some parity. And and to sit over and just just keep looking to the right and seeing my son just lit up and and taking his you know just just taking it all in and that was uh, that was really something and uh, and and that memory uh, that was that was well worth the trip and 
and uh and you know i'm i'm i'll always be thankful for having having that moment with him and i know i don't have anything to do with arkansas and i, I you know oh. i'm an arkansas guy and, and uh, but uh as far as sports moments go, that that one has to be way on up there with with the Hunter Heave to me. <laughs> Any father or son out there could could uh, could hear exactly what you're talking about and the, uh, the the memory you made that will last forever with both of you. Yeah, and I, I see if I could tell you. So my yeah. my dad, oh, we didn't really go on excursions. Oftentimes, our vacations were built around sports trips. One of the first experiences I had was going to New York and seeing. A, I believe it was a Giants game. My brother was a Jets fan growing up, so like your son, he's a Giant Jets fan, and or a Jets fan, not a Giant Jet fan. But he, uh, it, it was an awesome experience going to New York, seeing everything. Apparently, I complained the whole time. Sounds exactly like me, little spoiled brat. <laughs> but uh, yeah, these those father son trips are are hard to beat at this point. But speaking of the NFL, we do have some really important NFL games this weekend, starting with the Dallas Cowboys as they are hosting the Detroit Lions. And, Chuck, I know uh, the Miami game didn't go according to plan for for Cowboys fans, but, I mean, you got a chance to knock really Detroit out of the one slot and still get a massive win heading into the playoffs two weeks out. Well, Detroit's a good team. And, you know, I think I saw yesterday for the first time in a long time, Every game in the NFL the last couple of weekends, one of the teams has a playoff possibility on the line. And obviously with the Cowboys and Lions, you, you've got two really good teams there. So, yeah, that would be a uh, that'd be a good win. Dallas has been really good at home, and they've been so-so on the road. Mm-hmm. And um, I suspect that'll, be, that'll continue to be the story. I, I don't think anything changed with the loss, and quite honestly, I don't know that a whole lot you know, will will change with a couple of wins. Other than it assures they won't have to spend the whole time maybe on the road if they can they can find a way. May I, I don't know how the bracket breaks out. They may have to win one on the road early. I don't know, but at least they might get a home game in there somewhere. I think my my impression I could be wrong about this is they will have to, to travel regardless as the wild card team. But I think they'll have the luxury of playing the uh, the worst team in the NFC, which I think is probably going to be the Buccaneers. So going yeah. to Tampa versus going to Philly or Detroit or whatever initially is not as bad to me. At least well, my- Dallas Dallas has only been, again, so-so on the road. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I wouldn't say on the road they're, 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 they're a lock to do anything. But I wouldn't say either it's an automatic L. Now, Chiefs are hosting the Bengals. They should be able to win this weekend after what happened against the I don't Raiders, know, man. But I don't know. They I got all issues. Come unraveled. Yeah. They've got issues now. And they lost to a backup quarterback. They got a uh, taste. I'd say that's not what it's about. It's those boys up front right now. If you watch the Chiefs, we can talk about quarterbacks till we're blue in the face. It's an 11-man game, and they got issues with a five that put their hand in the ground. And until they fix it, they're going to keep struggling. They got issues with receivers catching footballs too, and that's been a, a season-long issue. Even Kelsey dropped like opening Chiefs. possession last week, and he's supposed to be the sure-handed guy for Patrick Holmes, and that's not been the case. So let's see: Eagles hosting the Cardinals. That should be a win, even though they have been good. And then 49ers at Washington. I still anticipate that San Francisco is a walk away as the one seed, but again, they're neck and neck with. Philadelphia and Detroit right now. I mean, Detroit could they went if they beat Dallas this weekend, they could be the one seed in the NFC, and that's pretty remarkable how Dan Campbell has really turned that franchise around with them. 
You know, all season long, we've watched them win. At least I have and kept thinking in the back of my mind, yeah, they're they're a lot better. They're good. But, yeah, they're not going to the Super Bowl. Um, they're not really a contender to go to the Super Bowl. And yet here we are, and as you say, and I don't think them going to Dallas and winnings out of the realm of possibility. I don't think – now, I think Dallas is the favorite, and they really played well at home. And if they keep playing well at home, they'll beat the Lions. But I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility Detroit goes down there and wins. And the way they're built, I hey, if they can go beat the Cowboys in Dallas, they can beat the Niners in San Francisco. Okay. And that may be what they have to do. I guess the Packers technically aren't out of the equation, I think, just yet. But I don't think they're going to have make any noise in the playoffs. I'm kind of rooting for the Browns. They win last night. Joe Flacco's 38. Yeah, they're in, man. He's he. They clinched the playoffs. I mean, this franchise that's only been in the playoffs, I think, three times last 20 plus years. I'm kind of rooting for the Browns. I'm so old. I remember when Joe Flacco was a you know a, a rookie for the Ravens. People have been ragging on this guy from the minute he started playing professional football. There's never been a year when there's not been somebody out there that says, man, Joe Flacco really sucks. we got to replace him. It happens every year. He's, out, he's even out of football for a little while. But, you know, the NFL has trended over the last decade to playing young quarterbacks way too soon. You see a guy like Baker Mayfield just now beginning to blossom as a professional quarterback because he played too soon. There's value in a veteran, and Joe Flacco's 38 years old. Nobody's going to do anything out there on the field he's not seen a thousand times. Mm -hmm. And uh, that doesn't make him an automatic. But, I mean, the results pretty much speak for themselves right now. Jets have one of the best defenses in the league, and they hung 37 on them last night. Dogtown, that is a happy town right now, the way they're – they're, they're French, good up front. They they're are. good up front right now. Miles Garrett, they got a good defense too. But that's it's kind of the NFL setup for the weekend. I know there's some we got other fans out there, but in terms of kind of our regional up here, that's what you have in front of us. If you're a Cowboys fan and Chiefs fan, you're just not exactly uh, thrilled with how your teams are playing right now. But as we know, the playoffs have changed. We've seen Patrick Mahomes do crazy things at that point. Maybe he does it again. They're going to need him some Superman type of heroics from him in this in this upcoming playoffs you focus too much on the quarterbacks man i mean you really do it's more it's is there's a lot more to it than the court i mean mahomes is still a great quarterback but you talked about receivers dropping balls you talk about you know offensive lines not playing well there there's there's a lot more to it you're 100 percent right it's hard to push back on that I just want to hear you say that and listen i heard it's it was joy to hear tommy say that to me yesterday so you brought up bowl pick them earlier a little bit. We're not doing one this year. I know halftime. Christian, you're up on the halftime one, right? Aren't you ahead at this point in time? Yes, at the All moment. Right, keep that up. Keep being Matt. Keep being Phil. But I've had some people ask me why we aren't doing bowl pick them this year. It's just because I think, Tommy, you set it up earlier. Arkansas football wasn't any good this year. There's not necessarily the same appetite you would have for at this point of the season. But we're not lazy. We are pretty busy at this point in time. But I just, with the transfer portal with the college football playoff and with NIL, what do you think is hurting bowl season the most of those three categories? Is it guys saying, you know what, I've got to get ready for the NFL. I don't have time for this game or I don't want to get injured. Is it guys, you know what, I need to go elsewhere. I need to have a better opportunity. Or is it just the college football playoff that's sucking the life out of the room that's saying, well, 
this is the most important. If we don't make it to this point, especially next year, why would I care about this game? What's the, what's decimating the most of bowls? I think it's the portal. I think it's the portal. I think it's the, you know, when you really look at the players that are not playing, it's the portal. As we said a little bit earlier, um, guys opting out of bowl games to get ready for the draft, that's been going on for two decades now, over two decades. Yeah. Um, you know, we were talking, I was talking with Matt yesterday about when it happened with Sean Andrews. First time it happened here, and you think about it, that's been over 20 years now, or right at 20 years. So, um, that part is not really the issue to me. It's the fact that, and, and you know, Kiffin summed it up pretty well the other day when he said it would be like, you know, you're two weeks before the AFC and the NFC playoffs start, but you're going to have open free agency right before the playoffs begin for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what's, what's, what's going on right now. But um, if the portal was pushed back, I'm sure you'd have more players playing bowl games. I don't know how you can push the portal back a whole lot, though, frankly, given the academic calendars of most universities. What you said earlier, and I think you said it too, there's no reasonable solution. You know how sometimes, like, we've talked about the the SEC, what they should have done with Texas and Oklahoma in the league. Move Alabama, move Auburn over, Texas, Oklahoma, put Missouri in the, the West, you're good to go. They're not going to do that. They're going to do something else. Eliminate divisions, go whatever way they're going to go. There doesn't, I don't have, I haven't read anything. No one's told me anything in regards to bowls. Chuck, you kind of made a point about it. There doesn't seem to be a reasonable solution. And so if you're bowl sponsors, if you're ESPN, if you're the players, if you're the coaches, there's sometimes light at the end of the tunnel. I don't know where that light is. I don't know how bowl season is going to get better from 2023 on. Well, it's certainly going to be interesting to watch. And, you know, look, we've, we've you know, tried to shovel dirt on a lot of these bowls for a long time now. And they're still out there. They change sponsors, but they're still there. Yep. And now I suspect some will go away. I, I, I do think the 12-team playoff is what's going to push some of them over the edge. But as we were discussing a little bit earlier, um, there is value. In having a bowl name, in having a bowl game named after your brand, Pop Tarts, Duke's mayonnaise. Um, now, granted, there are some bowls out there. Like for example, I, I guess it's the ReliaQuest Bowl now. It was the Outback Bowl. To me, it's just the Tampa Bowl. Yeah. Um, I don't know that there's with some bowls as much value in corporate naming rights as there are in other bowls, but. I'll go back to a point I made earlier. If this was bad business, people would stop doing it. But I would venture to bet Pop-Tarts has a record day today, at least in terms of the last 10 or 20 years after the Pop-Tarts Bowl yesterday. Um, I think more people are probably aware of Duke's mayonnaise than they ever were before. That mayonnaise bath is gross, but (laughs) people people talk about it. I mean, people do. So... It's a complicated equation, and what interests the fan a thousand miles away is not necessarily what determines the success or failure of a small bowl game. But I do think the 12-game playoff has the potential to be the tipping point. Yeah, and I also think about we being starved from college football. I know there's arena football, there's other NFL, not NFL, but other stuff uh, once college football ends. But you basically have January the 9th 
until the end of August where you don't have any college football. And so we have some people that are like, well, I'm going to watch every bit I can because in less than a month, I'll have eight months where I don't get it. Well, so far, the viewership has been enough that the sales folks at ESPN have been able to convince enough corporate sponsors to invest in this bowl game, whether it be through advertisements on television or or sponsorship of the bowl game itself. Evidently, uh, there are enough people, enough eyeballs on it that it's still that it's still profitable. You know, is it eight, nine, ten million a year? No, or ten million a game watching? No, but. You know, that happens in the regular season, and that's why the contract's worth billions of dollars for the right to televise. You don't make billions necessarily off these minor bowl games, but again, the profit's evidently enough that they're going to keep doing it, at least for the time being. Now, the question again is, once the 12-team playoff gets underway, is the profit going to be enough? I've got questions about that, but so far it has been. See, I think it's going to – it's like you said, I think that's going to be – the ultimate like you may be killing. right now, and, and i and, and i tend to think you're right but we'll tr- have to see yeah it'll be start next year we'll see it um the bill hancock second there's a lot of and there's also transition within the sport you think about mark emmert i know charlie baker's been on the new president of the ncaa has been here a while bill hancock stacking down there's transition in the sport yep. a long time Guys stepping down, which I think is interesting when it comes to the changes of college football. But remember, Nobody wants to contract yeah. if they, unless they absolutely have to. They're not going to contract unless they just absolutely have to. Yeah. And always remember that committee is going to be bound by conference champions for what at least four of the spots. So yeah. if they're ranked high, so I mean it, you know, that that they'll they'll be picking teams, but some of them are going to be um, kind of picked for them. The Year of the Sauce continues at Buffalo Wild Wings. Introducing Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and the return of hot barbecue sauce to the Buffalo Wild Wings Sauce lineup. Try both Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and Hot Barbecue Sauce for a limited time at your local Buffalo Wild Wings. Visit Buffalo Wild Wings in Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, sauce, beer, and football. Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. And we got basketball to close out the year tomorrow in Bud Walton Arena, 4 o'clock. Chuck and Z will be courtside starting at 3.30 right on these airwaves and hit that line.com. Got a chance to catch up with Eric Musselman yesterday. I don't know if some of you asked, hey, why does a Caleb battle start? Here's what he said in regards to bringing certain guys off the bench. It's really comforting to look down the bench and be able to have a, a go-to score. I mean, we did it with J.D. Note a few years ago. If you just start your five scores or whatever you, however you want to word it, and then you get down in a game, it puts you in a dilemma then. Now, he's 
changed different things over the course of the year. He started certain teams differently in the NCAA tournament than what they've done in the regular season. We saw the four-guard lineup last week against Abilene Christian. He didn't necessarily say that that was going to be prevalent a good chunk of this season. So, guys, Caleb, again, has come off the bench, I think, in every game this year, but that doesn't mean he's start. But they do like him for that purpose they just listed, really give him that spark on reserve. Bench. Yeah. Well, every game's different. I mean, every opponent's going to be different. And, and, you know, there's an ebb and a flow to the season. Um, for example, I wonder if we will see Tremont Mark um, reemerge as a starter with battle continuing to come off the bench. And I'm talking about tomorrow afternoon because, um, you know, they've got a really good point guard. I mean, a really good one. And they got a 6'7 guy that is a complete player and an elite scorer. And somebody's got to guard those guys. Now, I'm assuming Devo's going to get one of them. I would guess, and I'm just guessing. It would be the shorter of the two. Well, somebody's got to guard that 6'7 guy. I mean, somebody's got to. Yep. Now, just because you don't start or just because you, know, you come off the bench doesn't mean you still can't play 35 minutes, maybe 36, 37. And Mark's certainly capable of doing that. But I can't help but wonder if he's not going to be the guy that um, guards this player for the bulk of the game tomorrow. I don't know. I, you know we'll find out tomorrow. But um, uh, you know, Mark is a guy that I think for this team to be as good as they can be. Now, Devo time's going to come. You know, we know when Devo time is. But between now and then, I think Mark's got to be the best player on this team if Arkansas is going to be as good as they can be. And I know that's a mouthful, but um, this guy can be a player. I mean, he can be a real player. He can be a winning player. Um, There's still some things that it sounds like they'd like him to improve on. But um, this guy's got skills. Isn't that wild how we just kind of glossed over? We know what Devo's going to do in the postseason. I mean, isn't that crazy? Like, he... His sophomore year, he didn't have a great year. Well, we don't know it, but that's what we've seen in the past. And we expect to. I think seven of the ten double-digit games or tournament games he's been in, he scored double digits. And I think about, like, their first year when they're down. uh, I'm forgetting uh, the team they played, but he was a big catalyst to their first-half comeback. I mean, that guy just shows up in the postseason. Not not that he doesn't show up in the regular season, but he's seemingly always there ready to play in the postseason. Well, you know, whether it's Devo, whether it's any of these other guys, I mean, if you wait till March this year, it may be too late. Yep. That is going to do it for your hog update this morning, brought to you by our friends at Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call 888-8-SPARKY. All right, it is the final edition of our Fenceman Friday picks in 2023. Three. Tommy, you currently have, I think, a three-point lead in this one. So what are we going to do, Chuck? We're going to cook the books. We're going to give as many picks and as many many, uh, many games as possible. We're going to so, gang up on Tommy. Yeah, we're yeah. going to try and uh, do that. So, Tommy, you're going to pick first in every single one of these picks. All we, right. We welcome in our friend Sean. Wind blows strongest at the mountaintop, <laughs> I understand. From the fence fit. As welcome. Sean, what's going on, man? Uh, how's, the, uh, how's the last week of 2023 t- treating you thus far? Well, it's amazing. We're having a great time at the Fence Man, and uh, everything's just uh, moving right along. Can't, can't ask for it being better. All right. Well, let's move right along in this segment to Fence Man Friday.
Fenceman Friday Picks. Call the Fenceman for all kinds of fences, controlled access, and custom iron projects. 479-782-3936. The Fenceman. We ain't afraid of no work. You know, we're talking about Devontae Davis uh, and what he's going to do, just kind of the expectation. Tommy, right now on the Bet Saracen app, he is plus 190 over 5.5 points and 2.5 assists. Does he have six points and three assists tomorrow? Yes, he does. No, he does not. He does not have that. So that's plus you know? 190, bet 100, win 190. Mm-hmm. Is that right? If he goes six and three? Yes, mm-hmm. six huh. and three. Not bad. Sean, what do you think, man? Does he do it tomorrow? Sure he does. All right. We got two on that side. All right. Let's pick some games, fellas. Florida State against Georgia. Guys, Georgia is a 19-and-a-half-point favorite in this one, Tommy. Wow. Dogs mm. or Knowles? Boy, you're just really flipping a coin. I, I'll homer up on the league. I'll go I'll go with the, the dog. <sighs> Florida Can St- you imagine a 19-and-a-half-point underdog after going 13-and-0? They're playing their third-string quarterback, though. They got. Two- I mean, no, I, I'm just saying that's the power of the portal. You said what's affected bowl games the most. I mean, there's your answer right there. Uh, that Glenn kid's suiting up. You know, I think Georgia's going to be up like a good 21-28, and then Florida State at the tail end is able to make it s- not a reasonable game, but around 17 or so. So I'm going to take Florida State, Chuck. I'm going to go with Georgia to cover. I'm sorry. I can't, uh, can't, can't help us out. On that one. No, I, I, don't, I don't think Florida <laughs> State will score 10 points. Yeah, it's going to be tough sledding. John, what do you think, man? I'm going to take Florida State and the points. Okay. A lot of points. John, let's go to the. A lot uh, of points. You're right about that. Let's go to the playoff games. Alabama gets Michigan. Michigan somehow a one and a half point favorite, Tommy. Ooh, that's, I mean, that's basically a pick em line at that point. I'm going to go with Alabama in this. Alabama, Chuck. Bama. Rama Jamma. Pajama. John, you going oppo or are you going to stay with us? No, I'm going Michigan. Washington against Texas. He's going oppo. Uh, Texas is a four and a half point favorite. I think Texas ultimately wins this game, but Michael Penix is ticked off and they barely lose. I'm going to say Washington covers. Texas moves on, Tommy. I'll take Washington. Give me the Huskies, Ty. All right. Give me the Huskies. What are you thinking, Sean? Same here. I cannot pick Texas. Got to go Huskies. Right. We got an interesting uh, a parlay, guys. Dallas Cowboys to win after each quarter against Detroit are plus 1,000. So this game this weekend, if they're leading after every single okay. quarter, right. they're plus 1,000. Parlay that with Jared Goff and <laughs> Dak Prescott throwing for 300-plus yards each. I'm going to say that happens. And I'm going to make a lot of money this weekend on the Bet Saracen. I'm going to, parlays are hard to hit, so I'm going to say no. <laughs> I'm going to have to go no to No, yeah. even for your Cowboys? Yeah. Oh, not a, a fan. Cowboys are ahead at the end of every quarter. It's hard to believe Jared Goff's going to throw for 300. That's that's a good that's point fair. right there. What do you think, Sean? I, I'm like them, no way. No way. Yeah. Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell.
Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Pat, I want to ask you if you mailed it in since it's going to be your last show today, but you guys have a playoff game ahead of you in Alabama. The Alabama Crimson Tide take on the Michigan Wolverines. Is it, It's still surprising to me that Alabama is the underdog in this game. What, what's the sense in across Birmingham and your airwaves, and how much do you think Nick Saban will maybe utilize that to his advantage this weekend? Well, I don't think there's any doubt there's going to be motivation. I mean, when when you have Jim Harbaugh two days ago basically say that Jalen Milroe reminds him of his backup quarterback, um, I think that's some pretty good motivation. I think Alabama loves being in this role. They love being in that role when they went to Atlanta and knocked off the number one team in America, the Georgia Bulldogs. So any any time that Nick Saban can pull that type of motivation out of a, a you know a coach that they're facing or another team. I mean, that's big, but I agree with you, Ty. A bit of a surprise. Not sure if some big money is going to come in before the kickoff of this game on Monday, but I really thought it would be around a pick em by the time that we got to kickoff, but it's it's held firm. The Michigan folks uh, still like their team and at a point and a half ahead of Alabama. Jalen Milrow's story is fascinating. At one point, he was benched this year. I didn't think he had it. He showed me and everyone else that doubted him that we were wrong. What was curious to me and puzzling is, is the comments that he made this week that former Alabama OC Bill O'Brien was like, hey, you should switch positions. How crazy was that story, especially with talking with Alabama people this week? Well, it's interesting because, you know, for an organization like Alabama football, and of course, you know, players nowadays, they're more emboldened because of NIL, because of the transfer portal, things of that nature. They're a little bit more free in regards to when they have an opportunity to speak to the media. And it was a bit of a surprise that he admitted that. Listen, behind the scenes, that has been the conversation with Jalen Milrose since he got on campus. The problem was trying to read the offenses and read the defenses properly and, and throw to the right guys, quit making the mistakes, didn't practice. I mean, that's why, you know, Ty Simpson and him were battling for the number one job. That's why Tyler Buckner came in as a transfer from Notre Dame. I mean, there was a body of work there that Alabama was not very comfortable with. I know that he's using that as a motivation now, but everybody knew that Bill O'Brien, listen, last year at the Sugar Bowl, Bryce Young's finale down in New Orleans, when they were having bowl practice in New Orleans, Jalen Milrow was lining up at H-back. He was lining up in the slot as a wide receiver. They were absolutely looking at other positions because he is a freak athlete. That goes without saying. It was just the fact that, you know, he wanted to play quarterback. He just needed to be put into a system that they could utilize his talents. And it took Tommy Reese getting here about six games into the season before they finally figured out what to do and how to use Jalen Milrow effectively. Pat Smith with us here on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. He's the co-host of Three Men Front in Alabama. Pat, you mentioned kind of reading defenses. Part of that is watching film, kind of diagnosing what certain guys and certain coaches are trying to do. In terms of film this week, Alabama has an interesting twist. Usually, players can take their iPads with them, go wherever, watch film the hotel, outside the hotel, or whatever. But because of the Michigan stuff, it's restricted to team meetings and rooms. Is that is that solely just because of what Michigan was caught doing with Big Ten and also in the college football playoff? 
Well, there's no doubt about that. And, and one other caveat to that I, I want to point out to everyone, because maybe folks in your listening audience may not have seen this a couple weeks ago, but I think this was a brilliant move. And, th- and this shows you the brilliance of Nick Saban. So Nick Saban goes out, and he hires former Michigan assistant George Hilo. So George Hilo was a linebacker's coach. He basically was going to be demoted from the linebacker's coach at Michigan when they brought in Chris Partridge. And so Hilo said, you know what, I'm gone. I mean, he spent two years at Michigan. I mean, he was very involved in the success of this Michigan program, winning the Big Ten, knocking off Ohio State, and getting to the college football playoff. But he's been out of it the last year. Well, what does Nick Saban do? Nick Saban goes and he hires him. And so he has been on campus. He has been at practice. He is there in Pasadena working with Alabama, working with the linebackers. And you would have to think, I'm putting two and two together, but you would have to think that once Hilo got in the building, he told Nick Saban and the rest of the team, okay, guys, look, this is the way Michigan is going to approach this game, whether it's legal, illegal, unethical, ethical, whatever you want to say. I think George Hilo kind of put a little bug in Nick Saban's ear about what Michigan does and how they've done it in the past, and I think that's why Alabama started taking those safeguards just to be sure in regards to protecting the way that they were going about their business or what they were looking at, at least on their iPads or in their team meetings. Pat, I think the games on Monday are going to have massive ratings. I mean, you've got marquee opponents, Alabama, Texas. I know Washington doesn't have the same appeal on our part, but that's a, that's a pretty strong brand out West. I do wonder though, when we get the ratings back for the other bowls, how big of a dip that they'll take what do you think has killed bowl season the most? Is it NIL, opt-outs, the college football playoff expansion? In your opinion, why have bowls gone by the wayside? Well, I think more than anything, it's the fact that you just don't know who's actually going to be participating in the game. Now, granted, you've got the brand. You've got the name of the school. But then you have so many opt-outs. You just don't know. And if you're a ticket seller, for these bowl games, I mean, you just kind of throw your arms up. I mean, you're trying to have a good experience. Granted, it's an exhibition game. I know people in Las Vegas have been gritting their teeth because every day you just don't know what starting quarterback at the last minute is going to decide they're going to sit out or the top defensive player, linebacker is going to sit out the last second. So I think more than anything, the opt-outs have controlled the issues with these bowl games. But, you know, moving forward with this 12-team expanded playoff, and the, you know, the at-home uh, playoff games that you're going to have next year, I think that they have got to come together, and they got to figure something out, because I, I don't want anything. Listen, we have our own bowl game here in Birmingham, the Birmingham Bowl. In the state of Alabama, we've got one in Mobile. We've got one in Montgomery. Needless to say, you know, not too far away from you guys, that the Liberty Bowl in Memphis today, they're going to play a, a historic bowl game. You know, what's the history or what's the future moving forward with the Liberty Bowl and these other you know, let's just be honest, second-tier bowl games once that this extended playoff happens. So I'm very concerned with that because I am, I'm a, I'm a historical, old-school type guy when it comes to college football. I would hate to see anything happen to those games because I do think that there's a place for it. It's just that they've got to get in a room and they got to figure out what's going to be best for the overall growth of the game, especially for the non-Power 5 schools. So I think we're getting nods across the room, Pat, on that. Mm-hmm. And I'm putting you on the spot. It's, again, Pat Smith's with us here on the McCarty Daniel Hotline, co-host of the three-man front. What's the solution? <laughs> well, um, I haven't taken any calls from Bill Hancock lately um, asking me my opinion. But if you were to ask me, 
I think that you integrate the bowl system somehow, perhaps, in the college football playoff. Now, they're already doing that with the upper-tier bowls, but I'm talking about, you know, what's going to move forward with, like, a bowl, like the Liberty Bowl. Heck, I was reading an article in the Dallas Morning News just a couple mornings ago, and the Cotton Bowl folks were kind of throwing their arms up in the air, kind of questioning, okay, you know, where are we going to be in all this? once this is all said and done with this 12-team format. So I don't think it's a, it's a very complex question you asked me, and I don't think that any of us, as much as we do follow and love college football, I don't think that there's a simple answer. There's going to be people like Greg Sankey are going to have to get in a room, and, and they're going to have to try to figure this out. I just don't think that there, there is a simple answer, but I do think there is a, an avenue or a pathway where we can have all of these bowl games and still have the growth of the game. You kind of alluded to it there. Are they going to expand the playoff? I mean, we're going to 12 next year. I mean, how quick do they, they said four was going to be a while. It it wasn't. When are they going to expand the playoff, Pat? Well, I mean, some people say just adopt what the FCS does. You know, why not? I mean, you know, everybody was so worried about these kids not being in class and, you know, taking all this time off. Well, I mean, how many people are concerned about FCS schools? I mean, they, they put together a bracket. They... They, you know, see the tournament and, and they go about their business. They've been doing it for a long time and they've been successful and it's a good product and seems like fans tune into it and they enjoy watching it as well. I, listen, it's a matter of time. I mean, we heard it at the end of the BCS. Once Alabama and LSU, you know, you had the rematch down in New Orleans in 2011. Everybody was like, we got to get rid of this. That's the BCS. Okay, here we go. College football playoff. This is great. Oh, yeah. Four teams. Fantastic. Then all of a sudden, everybody was grappling and complaining about the five, six, and the seven teams that left, left out. Well, we all know what's going to happen now. They're going to get ticked off because the SEC is going to have four or five teams. Big Ten's going to have four or five teams in the playoff. And then you're going to have two or three teams scrambling to try to get a spot in the college football playoff moving forward. And then that's going to make everybody say, well, you know what? We just need to change that. We need to go to 18 or we need to go to 24, whatever the case may be. But it, it is a, just a matter of time that that will be a conversation that you will see people having. Pat, here's the last thing for and We, again, appreciate you joining us on our final show of 2023. So we got the expanded playoff next year. I don't think it's going to happen in Tuscaloosa. If Saban can convince Bryce Young and Will Anderson to beat the tar out of Kansas State, I think he's not going to have a problem convincing kids to play for a national championship. Will we see for the first time ever a young man opt out of the college football playoff next year? You know, um, you might have. You listen. I think it's more likely. I mean, let's take these. Let's take these conference championship games quickly. Let's just say next year you have a situation kind of like you did this year. You have Alabama and Georgia. Well, based under the system for next year, both of those teams pretty much would have already qualified for the college football playoff before they went to Atlanta. Why would certain guys opt to play in a game? Or a team go at it 100%. Granted, it is, listen, you want to win an SEC title, you have a chance to perhaps have a bye in the college football playoff. But if you're a beat-up team and you're going to play in a conference championship game and you're not going to be a team that potentially is going to get a bye, you might start seeing teams go, you know what, why are we playing these conference championship games? Let's just bypass that and, and not even have those type of title games. I think you're more apt to see potentially that type of conversation as opposed to certain players deciding that they are just going to opt out because that is such a bad look 
especially when your team is playing for a title. And listen, the NFL folks, they pay attention to certain things, and that is just something that I don't think anybody wants on their resume, that they walked out on their teammates, their brothers, as they were getting ready to play for a championship. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.